Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Infinite Boost Podcast. Uh, it's me, Tom, and I am joined this week by Nish, who is uh, a very interesting guest uh, for this episode and for this show because uh, he's my first guest from India, which I'm very excited about. Uh, we Ooh, actually were nice. chatting a little bit. I'm sorry. Ah, I'm just saying that that's nice to know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you are you are the first, which I'm excited about. You know, I'm excited to hear about that part of the scene, especially since it's now mm-hmm. so up and coming and we're seeing some of these teams. Uh, but we were kind of chatting before I started recording and he was giving me a little bit of this whole backstory and I didn't want to rehear that again. So uh, the question that I had asked you, and if you want to go back just a little bit and start yeah. over, was... Uh, you you ha- you started an organization or you were part of an organ- organization called APL Esports. So you were kind of talking about that. So why don't I guess start talking a little bit about how you got involved with the scene and then maybe what got you so integral in building up the Middle East uh, Rocket League scene? Yeah, so let's start uh, when I got the game. So I got the game on a recommendation of a friend who I used to play like Gary's Mod with, if you remember, like if you know the game Gary's Mod. Like, I'm familiar. Yeah, so we used to play it a lot, and it's like like mid uh, 2016, I would say. No, it's it's like mid 2015. So the game had just come out, and he's like, "Dude, you gotta try this game. It's like super cool. It's with cla- cars, and they're flying, and you can like it's basically football with cars, right?" Uh, so I he kind of like you know kept pushing me towards it. I bought the game uh, during around Christmas of 2015. Didn't play it much until like, you know, on on that year. So I missed out on the title called like ESC 2015 uh, that I'm still sad about. (laughs) But yeah, I picked it up in like 2016, played it a bit and then sort of like just quit. And then somehow I picked it back up again in like January of 2017 for some reason. And yeah, when I picked it back again, I just like, you know, looked about around the communities, especially in Asia, India. And that's how I stumbled upon Rocket League India, uh, which is like, at the time, it was like one of the biggest communities in Asia, apart from Rocket League Asia. And it's still now a big, like a really big community when it comes to like South Asia and uh, Southeast Asia. So I stumbled upon them and I saw back then I was like like gold, silver, I, I don't even remember. But yeah, they were doing like tournaments and stuff and they were looking for volunteers to help with those tournaments. Mm. Uh, yeah, so I was like, uh, oh, I can do that. Uh, so I just like applied for it. So that's when my like, you know, the behind the scenes competitive journey start, sort mm-hmm. of. And yeah, basically from there, it just, uh, and it like kind of picked up really quick, right? I just like went in as like a trial moderator Mm -hmm. uh, in Rocket League India. And by the end of 2017, I was an admin, right? Mm. So uh, I think the thing that helped the most is in 2017, we had this event called Dew Arena in New Delhi, uh, where I'm from, uh, and in that, like, it was like a 1v1 event uh, where, like, players from all over India competed. And then the final was in New Delhi. Uh, and somehow, they managed to fly out Flipside Tactics uh, manager, Frost, 
and Jaza. Oh wow! And yeah, so that 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 was like really like in 2017, right? And in Asia, where like which didn't have any kind of support for Rocket League at all. So that was huge. Apparently, the entire team was supposed to come, but uh, it was clashing with their like RLCS weekends. Uh, mm, I don't even. Mm-hmm. I think it was like season three or season four going on, right? So yeah, so Jaza was their substitute around that time because they won yeah. the season two with him as a substitute. So mm-hmm. I'm guessing it's it was season three around the time. It was like 2017 October uh, or November, something like that. And yeah, that's when it like really picked up. Like I was involved with like you know admining that uh, event and all everything. And it was basically after that that I was made an admin. And then in I'd say 2018, next year, early next year, I was handed the ownership of Rocket League India because the current admin, the current owner, was sort of like you know uh, taking a step back because he was just too burned out from like managing everything. Sure. Yeah. So yeah, that led to a lot of things in which I got more involved in like uh, the Asian scene apart from just the Indian scene. Sure. So and then come that's come back that ties back to basically APL. So there's this org One NE which has now sort of like has changed hands as in uh, they're not a competitive org anymore. They're sort of a community, you know, uh, nowadays. Uh, but yeah, so these were the guys that started basically like, you know, they were carrying the Asian competitive scene back then. And uh, there were a lot of a lot of players who have like now just don't play the game. So they were basically like, you know, sponsoring tournaments uh, through Rocket League Asia, which is RL Asia. And then they started doing this tournament called Asia Pro League. Right, so they did one season of it. Then, like uh, APL, that's where the name APL comes from, basically. So it was Asia Pro League 1.0. Got it. Then, okay. Then they somehow went to Asia Pro League 1.5. It was like like <laughs> like sort of a mid season. I don't yeah. know. So I had no you know involvement with Asia Pro League one, but the guy who was the like owner of Rocket League India before me was like very much involved in that. Okay. So since he stepped out, I sort of like, you know, went in his place uh, from like APL 1.5 or APL 2 onwards, I would say. Mm-hmm. Right. So APL 2 was where I was like really heavily involved with Asia Pro League. And uh, so remember that that this is like you know this is just one guy of one any the owner of one any tasty t who's like funding everything he's like he spent so much on the asian rock league scene like without him it, it wouldn't have been possible to do such big tournaments like back then i remember asia pro league 2 was like three thousand dollars tournament okay right so he had a massive you know uh like Basically, he just he was just throwing money at Rocket League without getting like a return of investment of any sort. Yeah. So yeah, that was crazy from him. But yeah, so that happened. Then, uh, then we started like once the APL two was finished, uh, April two, we started planning on APL three at the end of like 2018 or something like that, mm-hmm. because it used to follow like a league structure. Of sorts like round robin between eight teams sort of like what rlcs was back in the day but just for the asian teams sure right so it didn't like uh and we used to do like i think 
two series per team in a day so it like the season was shorter and everything mm-hmm. so we uh, we were planning on uh, working on basically APL3 by late 2018 and uh, just looking for sponsors and stuff and then Tasty comes in and he says that uh, unfortunately he cannot you know like throw a bunch of more money into it like he's happy to like put in the prize pool but apart from that like he spent tons on like you know uh paying the casters paying the graphic people and everything oh so sure like, sure yeah and he was like looking into some sponsorships that like those fell through and he wasn't really comfortable uh like you know spending large amounts of money into uh you know just and like, not getting back anything at all right mm-hmm. so that sort of kicked like things for a lot of us we went on to like what should we do now uh then in the meantime also in rocky league india in 2018 i'd say like after the season 2 of apl i i think it was 2018 yeah we did this thing with uh, twitch right so previous before this before the thing we did like rocky league india did with twitch it was basically like you know sort of community funded tournaments we had mm-hmm. like donations and stuff and sort of like that and uh, like if we save anything just go then to tournaments and stuff so somehow we got this partnership with twitch and they threw in like uh so the plan was to since rocket league india only did like indian level tournaments the plan was to do the same with that mm-hmm. but uh we decided to somehow like just expand to the rest of asia so it wasn't much even though we got the like partnership from twitch and everything but like uh, it was like $500 tournament in like april of 2018 mm Right. Is Twitch is Twitch pretty popular in like Asia and India? Are there many people that stream on Twitch? Or are there Not any really. like competing services? Oh, YouTube is huge uh, really? in Asia. Yeah, it's massive. Uh and like you can see like uh right now uh they uh you know reached out to an Indian YouTuber about Rocket League Sideswipe and that video was literally trending when it went out in the gaming section of YouTube. Oh so, wow. Well that's good. Yeah, it 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 got like massive views. So I would definitely say like YouTube has been bigger and is bigger in Asia and India and also the uh Facebook gaming thing, uh the live streaming thing. Oh, interesting. So that's pretty mm-hmm. popular in Asia as well. Yeah. So like Facebook uh, gaming is like Facebook in general is like massive. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, like Twitch I think uh, back like when we got that that you know back in 2018 when we got the partnership Twitch had an Indian division right right so mm-hmm. we had like context with the Twitch person uh, that was like managing the entire thing mm-hmm. so that's how we like sort of got that support from Twitch yeah but uh, that has since now been like dissolved there's no uh, Twitch India sort of it's just Twitch like uh, the Twitch is headquartered in Singapore for the Singapore and Japan I think. Mm. Uh the two places in Asia right now. So got yeah, it. I think uh we got lucky because uh Twitch was like, you know, sort of uh you know, testing the waters I would say. Because sure. Amazon is massive in India, you know, with its mm-hmm. own like, you know, everything. Uh they have a massive office uh headquarter in India as well. Oh. So okay. Mhm. So Amazon is pretty big. Uh Twitch didn't work out for them unfortunately. So I think I don't know if they'll, they'll come back in future or not. But yeah, like they had a lot of competition from you know uh, the YouTube and 
uh, now YouTube and Facebook gaming, basically. Sure. So when you guys were running these APL tournaments, were Middle mm -hmm. Eastern teams invited to those as well, or was it primarily Asian countries? And I know India is a so in yeah, Asia like, as well. Coming back to how like we were planning on APL three, right? Mm -hmm. So that's uh, sort of like fell out because uh, Tasty was like, I cannot like do this like anymore, and that's sure. like fair, totally fair to him. We had like no issues with that. Like it's his money, it's his choice at the end of the day, right? So that's that. But then in like late 2018, like I'd say this fallout around like September, October, but then around November, December, what we tried to do is like basically get everyone in the Asian scene together and just form a new org that will run these uh, sort of premier tournaments. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's when uh, APL came into it. Uh, I remember correctly, it's like it was like January 2019. So that's when we officially, you know, said that, hey, guys, like we're coming together. So uh, Koken, who cast uh, now APAC North, uh, Japanese Rocket League, he, he's mm -hmm. like a massive community figure and a caster from there. He came in. We had people from Rocket League Indonesia, like a bunch of smaller communities. There was me. Um, and a bunch of other people who like came together to you know just form this APL esports, and since uh, we were doing that, uh, Tasty comes back again and he's like, okay, I can help you guys with the prize pool for this event, but everything else you gotta do yourself, mm -hmm. right? So he helped with uh, the prize pool, like he gave us like three thousand uh, dollars USD, that is. And mm -hmm. so that all went in the prize pool. And I think he helps uh, with some of other stuff in the like back end as well. But we also, I think, got some uh, sort of, you know, just like put together our money so that we mm -hmm. can have like a good event. So, yeah. Uh, so basically, yeah, that's when in January 2019, when we announced like uh, APL is uh, APL Esports is a thing. And yeah, so coming back to like where the name came from, it, it was basically, you know, continuing that thing from Asia sure. Pro League to APL. Yep. Okay. So then then we had the third season of Asia Pro League APL 3.0 after which uh we sort of got of like attention from other people and that was like one of my biggest I'd say like an event in Asia because it was it was a good like it was a good event it was like a massive success. Uh we had like uh, numbers like we've never seen before and stuff like that. So that was great and that sort of kicked us in like into a bunch of other things so that was basically i would say my first big move in sort of the uh, asian rocket league scene mm -hmm. uh, like i i like i've been working since 2017 but this this was definitely you know a sort of a turning point sure uh so what happened with APL3 uh, or Asia Pro League 3 was basically we were in touch with, uh, or I would say Tasty was in touch with uh, Tencent over in China because they had oh, wow. a separate, you know, a separate uh, client for China, Rocket League, right. that is. Yes. Right. So what we decided is that for APL3, the format was something like this, that we'll have like two qualifiers, uh, which will, uh, so we'll get two teams from each of those qualifiers and 
so that means uh, no three teams from each of those qualifiers and then we invited two uh, chinese orgs which is uh, royal never give up and edward gaming like two of the biggest names in china because back then they had like uh, the chinese teams because tencent was helping them with that or something like that oh right because because they wanted the game to be uh, there right uh, it i think it was just like it was in the uh, beta version because uh, you apparently need like a gaming license to for every game you release or something like that mm. in china so but it was in the beta phase so they could just like you know uh, maybe pass it off as like it's in the beta phase we're just testing it out and a lot of like uh, it was popular with the players who already had the steam version of the game you know a lot of mm-hmm. also a lot of like mainland players uh, which are still playing now they also sort of like got their hands on it and uh, they had a bunch of uh, tournaments as well uh, in the uh, on the the, uh, the chinese client of rocket league that is mm-hmm. so yeah uh, it was big in the sense that we sort of brought in these two like massive chinese orgs uh, in uh, in APL three, and we also like streamed on some of the like uh, Chinese streaming websites like uh, Douyu and Huya, and a couple others uh, with the help of uh, Tencent. That is, you know, so that like that was massive for it because two big like the two biggest orgs, you know, EDG and RNG. I don't know if you follow League of Legends or not. Not really, no. Like, those are like massive names when it comes to like the league scene. Got it. So yeah, that that definitely helped uh, us with that. And do you feel like uh, does does Rocket League still have much of a presence in China that you know of? Uh, so I don't really know right now, but uh, as far as I know, they have their own client. But I'm not sure, like how you know what are the numbers or anything like that, mm-hmm. because I think they don't release that publicly, as far as I know. And it's like even if it is released publicly, it's like really hard to like you know dig in that information. Sure. Do you so, does China mm-hmm. even have Discord or anything like that? Do they allow? I mean, I know China is kind of like its mm-hmm. own little world, so I don't know yeah. if like do you have any contacts that you communicate regularly with there? So I, I I used to, uh, but uh, we sort of fell out because there wasn't much going on. Like mm-hmm. I I still sometimes get DMs from like the Chinese players, like uh, if I know anything about when they'll be included in RLCS, to which I am like uh, I literally have no clue, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Because that's just not like that's not that's way above my pay grade, right? <laughs> so yes, yeah, so. I mean, I have I've no clue right now what's going on. And, like, I sort of lost contact when, uh, was it 2019, I would say? Yeah, late 2019, early 2020, when India sort of banned a lot of, like, Chinese apps, including WeChat, which was a main source of communicating with the oh, esports sure. team over in China, mm-hmm. right? So, yeah, once that got banned, I like, was, just, was just not able to, like, reach, to reach out to them because I don't think Discord works. You know, they have to mm-hmm. use like VPNs and stuff to make it work. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, that so that was sort of the end of you know uh, the things with them because well, 
if i remember or if you remember also remember uh, when intel world open for, was first announced china was its own region and that also somehow did not happen when it actually came around so i literally have no clue what's going on over there oh fair enough well and i think that brings up a good point and one thing that i'm most interested to hear about from you is mm-hmm. that for the longest time and we kind of went through our own phase when rocket league first launched in america you know a lot of it was kind of these homebrew community tournaments because everybody loved the game they wanted to compete Mm -hmm. and so it it was upon you know just anybody in the community to take that on and of course cloud fuel did an excellent job of that him and all of the many many people that were Mm -hmm. supportive behind him with that whole thing um, I feel like you kind of went through your own very similar experience of supporting Rocket League and growing Rocket League and being there as the backbone of it, not necessarily knowing if you would ever get that chance to be in RLCS or have your teams or integrate with that. So what was that like for you starting in 2017 and then not really getting anything until 20? 20- like what was it about this game and what you were doing that drew you so much to supporting it for so long? Uh, I seriously have no clue like why <laughs> I got so much invested into this game and still am because I barely play this game now because I've just like got like, you know, so busy at times. But yeah, it's, I think it's just the competitive spirit and, uh, you know, just something that like, I kind of set it as my goal, right? If you go back scrolling through my Twitter, you'll find a cringy tweet saying that, you know, copying Garrett off of that, I will not stop until I get to see Asia on the world stage. I think yeah. mm-hmm. that that was just like, you know, a fuel uh, to my fire, basically, to, to get to the point where I was like, okay, let's do this. Uh, they'll come around eventually. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'd say that was pretty much it. And just seeing that how dedicated the player base was and there was literally like no support for them mm-hmm. so yeah we were just trying to like you know do our best with like what we had and mm-hmm. what resources we had so yeah I, do I you ha- so just to just to get like a better well-rounded picture of like your life i suppose because mm-hmm. doing stuff like this isn't just a walk in the park. It's not like you can do this on a half an hour or an hour every mm-hmm. day. Like it takes a lot of commitment. So yeah. like, have you been doing this full time? Like w- going back to 2017, like were you in mm-hmm. school or were you working full time? Like what was your situation that you were able to do all of this? Or was it just, you know, I'm putting my all into this. What was life like during that, during that time? Yeah. So 2017, I was in university studying. Uh, for my bachelor's right Mm -hmm. so and the best part about being an Indian is like until the university or like until like very late in your life your parents are always there to support you (laughs) no matter what happens Mm -hmm. so I think that was it I I was basically home you know going from home to university and back home I wasn't living in a different city I was living at my like same place as my parents right so I literally had no expenses of that sort you know, that so, always helps. Yeah. And then um, you you do have a bunch of time when you're studying, right? Apart from like doing the studies. Sure. It wasn't like, uh, like 
especially my with my uh, case my studies weren't like really hectic or anything like that you know so mm-hmm. i did have the the time to, i think time was the most uh, crucial resource apart from you know i'd say the money because sure. money was like whenever you can get it it's fine but uh, it was the time that we were putting in i think so yeah i think uh, that was pretty much it i had the time and i just put that in because i didn't have anything better to do i guess <laughs> <laughs> so in a, i you know in my in my few conversations mm-hmm. with folks from india i've also you know it seems like it's a more traditional country a more conservative country mm-hmm. uh you know i would think you go to school you get your degree whatever whatever yeah but it wouldn't necessarily correlate to me where you know you go to university you come home and you're spending all your time not necessarily playing this video game but like organizing mm-hmm. what were conversations like with your parents about like what you're doing with all of your extra time just like organizing tournaments for a video game yeah so it was kind of weird at first because they like fully didn't grasp the concept of it Mm-hmm. but uh i think i'm a bit fortunate that uh, you know my parents kind of have sense of it because my dad was the one who got me into gaming right he's a gamer oh, himself oh all right yeah so that helps yeah that helps uh, even though he's like uh so he he's in uh indian air force right mm. so but yeah like i i i remember playing like a lot of games with them like you know the Ma- the old games the mario the halo and all, all that stuff oh wow that's awesome yeah So yeah so my mom was most like you know curious about like how how this going to work like why mm-hmm. I'm wasting my time basically <laughs> but yes yeah but like that's typical i think but once they saw the potential i guess they were like okay like do your own thing my parents mm-hmm. never have been you know like uh do this or do that like because uh as much as i would like to say it's a, it's a stereotype that indian parents force this like uh children to like be an engineer or be a doctor right mm-hmm. <laughs> that yeah. is true that is not what i wanted to say because it sounds a lot better coming from you than it does from me i didn't yeah, so, so i appreciate you saying that so as soon as i graduated high school i was very clear i was like i don't want to go like i don't want to do engineering so i didn't opt for engineering i just went with uh like a bachelor of science in computer science right okay so yeah, i was like really clear with that I cannot take this. I won't do this. Mm-hmm. And they were like, "Okay, fine. It's your life, your decision, right?" So, yeah, like I've been really fortunate that way. Like they have never pressured me into like anything of sorts, you know. But like there's always like, you know, that thing uh, in their mind like I like they don't know like if I'll be able to like make anything of it or not. Sure. But they've never like come uh, to me and said that this is not going to work. You should not do this or anything like that. Mm-hmm. so i think that helps also you know like yeah they have not actively encouraged me to do this but they have also not said that this is like your waste of time why are you doing this or stuff like that they've been very neutral mhm well, that's fair i mean that's yeah. that's at you know letting you kind of go and and go on your own adventure not being one way or another that's better yeah. than them just like trying to get in the way the whole time mhm huh Well, that's cool. Uh, and which which I find is like not common uh in India because I have other friends who are like, you know, uh like being told of like what they should do and what they should not. Right. But 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 I, I'm uh, like 
I think it's changing right now, uh, especially since like mobile gaming got huge in India. Like parents are realizing that there is money to make in this field, and money like solves every problem, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so especially yeah. when they're coming from bigger countries, more developed areas like America. Mm-hmm. If you see, you know, you can win U.S. dollars or you can win yeah. pounds <laughs> or like that. You know that can really mm-hmm. change lives, whether it's a video game or not. Like that's a that's a really big deal. Yeah. So, yeah, my so, parents have been like really neutral regarding this. I don't know how and why. <laughs> well, you are very fortunate. So that's mm-hmm. that's awesome. Uh, when when was it that? Did you see any return, like financial return, prior to working directly with Psionics? Uh, not really. It was just uh, everything that we got, we used to just put it straight in, like you know, uh, sure, and like either price pool or like paying the cast and stuff. Like I, we have had like a lot of tournaments where the casters did it and did not get paid because they were like, because they knew that we didn't have anything to pay to them, right? Right. It's good enough that we have a price pool going on for the players. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like it's. It was sort of a collaborative effort where uh, you have these moderator admins that are doing lobbies for free, casters mm-hmm. casting for free, streamers streaming for like without getting paid. Mm-hmm. So it was definitely like a team effort, and there are a lot of names that I can name, but I won't be going to because I'll definitely forget someone. <laughs> so and I don't want to do that. <laughs> I don't know that we have that much time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so, um, what was I going to ask you? Oh, so when uh, there's there's a couple of things that I'm really curious about. Mm-hmm. One of them is, at like what what was it like for you guys when all the Sandrock Gaming teams started popping up and really getting the Middle East on the map? So this is really exciting. Uh, Sandra Gaming, uh, so we sort of like, like before Asia Pro League Season 3, we used to just do tournaments for like, you know, Southeast Asia, Japan, and India, you know, sort of that region. And with Asia Pro League 3, we sort of opened it for Middle East for some reason. I, I still don't know why we did that, or I don't, just don't remember, but we did it. And they just popped out. Uh, I'm just looking at the Wikipedia page right now for the Asian Pro League, so I don't like you know misremember anything. <laughs> so since I told like told you like we had two qualifiers uh, for it. So in qualifier one, uh, they lost to Glory Stone, which uh, which was basically Realizer's team back in the day, right? And sure. Sandra Gaming was known as uh, the Austec Warriors back in the day. Uh, so. Since three teams were qualifying, they qualified because they came second. And mm-hmm. they, they won like $25 for qualifying. Nice. <laughs> and yeah, back in the, then it was uh, it was Khalid Ahmed and F. Sul. And Senzo was their sub uh, back then. And on Glory Stone, we had Akira, Shaolon, and Realize. So you uh, might not realize, and Shaolin is also uh, playing right now. They just won uh, the APEC North region, not realize, but Shaolin's team. So they they are the OGs as well in the scene. Right. I, I do recognize, realize mm-hmm. that name. 
So Realize has been there forever. He's like mm-hmm. teams with. It's basically like whoever Realize teams with normally wins it. But right. this time uh, in the last in the first regional for APEC North, they lost to the team that was like third seed or something. Mm. But yeah, I mean it's good to see. It just tells you that you know the competition is increasing, right? So yes, yeah, which so, is great to see. Yeah. So. So in this, uh, coming back to the Asia Pro League Season 3, uh, Austin Warriors qualified, and uh, this other team, Ford Defender Esports from Middle East, which was impressive, Ali and Zezunix, they did really well. Uh, they ended up at like 5th, 6th, so just out of qualifying. Mm-hmm. And then there was this other team called uh, Power Esports, uh, Ty Wakes, Brownie, Professor... And they sort of popped off as well. Uh, if I say they finished like 9 to 12th, right? So they were already, you know, and they were playing on the Asian servers with like 160 ping or 140 ping, right? So that was pretty impressive from them to like do it. And then uh, in the qualifier two, another Middle East team, uh, and I think it was the four defenders, which I talked about earlier, they came first. Hmm. So they qualified. So we got like the first, second, third seed from the first qualifier. And so they were the fourth seed. And when it came to league play, uh, Austec sort of just dominated uh, or the like, you know, the center of now. Right. They they had a 7-0 record in league play. So they did, didn't even drop a single series. They dropped four games in total. And realized this team was third in the league play. Oh, wow. Yeah. So they they and one any Aegis, who's like these, basically one any had these two parts. One was Japanese team. One was the Southeast Asian team. Right. Uh, so one any Aegis and one any Glory Stone were like 5-2 on the series score. And one any Aegis lost 12 games, but won 25. So they had like a game differential higher. Then realize this team, so that's why realize this team were was third, and then we have this team called LGM, which is basically the three rats right now in the Apex South who have like won five regionals so far, so they haven't dropped a single tournament for the RLCS. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, so they were fourth at the time. So Sandrock first, one in the ages, which is like the players are still playing. Only one of them is like in, in a top four team right now. Mm-hmm. And then there's Realizer's team, and then there's the team that is winning APEC right now. But yeah, so from league play, four teams, the top four, qualified for the finals. And Sandrock, again, once again, just dominated in the finals. They beat Realizer's team 4-2 on a higher ping. Even though, like, I would say it was sort of fair for both teams because uh, we decided to play on the Singapore servers. So the Japanese players mm-hmm. also get, like, around 80 to 100 ping. Sure. And Middle East players also get a similar ping. But yeah, like this is when like they just popped off uh Central Gaming. I think this was like one of their major tournament win when it comes to like the Asian scene. Mm-hmm. Because this was basically the first tournament they were allowed to play in Asia, a big tournament that is. And they just like popped off. <laughs> what was what was that like for that whole area seeing a team just come out of nowhere and play that well? So um, it was like it was really good to see that there were players, you know, like uh, normally uh, 
what happens is like this player sh- shit talk each other about this you know mm-hmm. uh this have it but everyone like uh was so like you know sort of like inspired us just sort of like so, such an awe from from this team like you know playing on a higher ping and winning tournaments and doing that like with style right sure yes so, so they they knew from the moment they played against them that they were a good team they were good players individually and there was this respect for them that they've done this like they've come to a different region a sort of and just won so yeah every, i think everyone's happy about it that there's like actually some competition now mhm do you do you feel like these other regions or maybe mm-hmm. even the middle east specifically would have gotten the notoriety or push to be an RLCS as quickly as they did without a team like Sandrock? Uh so I don't think so. That like uh so from what I know uh like Sinics do look at like you know how competitive a region is, right? Mhm. So uh once they saw that Sam was capable, you know, able to do it, uh so they were like okay, let's let's include them because I mean it kind of makes sense right uh mm-hmm. but uh, also the counterpart of the argument is like if you won't give them a chance how will they improve sure right so i think that's where uh, asia kind of got stuck because asia is sort of isolated from all the other regions because mm-hmm. especially southeast asians and uh, like they cannot play anywhere like japanese can queue like uh in na but they get like 160 ping 150 plus ping right in, uh, on na west US West and uh and the Southeast Asian players are just like they cannot do it. They get like two hundred ping in OCE, they cannot go uh US West, they cannot queue Europe, right? So it was sort of kinda of isolated. I think that's why also it took a while to, you know, get like notified of these teams, especially in the Southeast Asia. As for Middle East, they were able to play on uh, EU servers. Senzo, I think, even has an ESL Elite title. So, like, he was really good back in the day. And I think, if I remember correctly, he did sign up for a season in RLCS, uh, uh, Europe, that is. But Mm. their team got disqualified because he was not eligible. Because he was not from the region. So, So, Senzo has been there for a while. It's just that it I think I, I think it took this tournament for everyone to sort of you know get to know oh there's this team that's really good mm-hmm. and then they started showing up in like tournaments over in Europe and then we had another tournament with like which was sponsored by uh, basically Tencent called uh, Rocky League China Open or something which we mm-hmm. helped with so they won that as well and yeah from there on point they like uh, went from uh, the, this Austec warrior to Sandra Gaming and what they are right now uh, getting a top 8 in a major so these players have been like good from the beginning like you know they have been grinding the game from like really early on and i'm i'm glad that they finally had the opportunity to like compete at the like the biggest stage they can i think it's so fascinating because so often you, you will hear that the one one of the main ways to get better is to play people that are better than you. Mm-hmm. And those guys are just so isolated that they yeah. didn't really have anybody that elite to play against. So, yeah, you can, like, dominate all your other Middle Eastern mm-hmm. competitors, and that's fine. But then I think 
I think it was Sunless Khan that made a video about Sandrock or Ahmad mm -hmm. or yeah, um, and he said, you know, he just dominated Scrub Killer. Yeah. Like it's th that's the thing that fascinates me is that these guys have just been able to set yeah. themselves apart without any necessarily like support in doing it. Mm -hmm. So yeah, like that definitely helped because they had that you know sort of not the worst connection to the Europe servers, mm -hmm. so they could grind more. Like right now, uh, if I talk about the Southeast Asian players or the Apex South players. Uh, like it's so hard to get, uh, you know, uh, a supersonic legend because they just cannot find games. There isn't that like, you know, a big of a population uh, here. Like I've heard players complain, like they queue for an hour to get a game. And like, sometimes they just like, you know, all collectively come and say, let's queue. So at least we can like meet each other and, you know, get some, uh, you know, games going on. So, um, uh, but on the other hand, uh, Mena has the option of Europe, even though they play with a ping disadvantage. Mm -hmm. But they have got that, so they could grind more. And that has definitely shown that uh, like they have just improved exponentially compared to the, you know, the rest of Asia. Right. Because they had that opportunity and they took, I mean, uh, it's not just because of that. And they had that, like, you know, mentality of grinding and getting better. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that definitely helped. And uh, just see, like, we've just ended, like, one split, or we are in the second split right now, winter. And this regional, even though SRG eventually won their uh, the regional too, but this other team, Skites, they dropped him down to the lower bracket. Oh, so wow. Uh, yeah, so the competition is increasing, and it's just going to get better. That's that's really cool to see. Did, yeah. did Sandrock win all of the other regionals in the fall? Yes, so Sandrock uh, Gaming and um, Three Rats in Apex South are the only two unbeatable, you know, um, mm -hmm. regional champions. So only these two regions are the one uh, regions where like that don't have more than one winner. Right. But it's only, I think it's, it's only one team that comes to the majors from those regions, right? Yeah. So uh, from Mena, it's the top team at the end of the split, right? Mm -hmm. And from Apex, it's like uh, so. From the APEC, what happens is at the end of the split, two top teams from APEC South and two top teams from APEC North, they go okay. in a bracket and the winner of that uh, goes to the major. Oh, so it's like a yeah. best of four. I mean, like top four kind of situation. Yeah, yeah okay. basically. Uh, and that's why like they have the prize pool split as well. So like uh, Mena gets like $30,000 for the prize pool, right? Mm -hmm. For the entire region, because it's, it's also a bigger region, right? It's, you have Middle East, then you have North Africa as well, even though like not right. a lot of teams make it through. It's like dominated by Saudi Arabia. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, so, and then APAC, since uh, APAC is like a physically large area, right? So you had to kind of like, you know, so like everyone at least plays on a fair ping. Yeah. Right? right. So it's sort of like, so APAC South get 15,000 and APAC North get 15,000. So it's sort of like just divided into those two regions. Sure. Yes. So I I have to know or I have to ask, and if you can't answer this, that's totally fine. But being the curious person that I am, I'm just mm -hmm. I'm curious how soon or how long was it before the announcement that you knew that Rocket League was coming to the Middle East? Uh, Rocket League Championship Series, I should say, RLCS. Mm hmm. Uh I knew like uh, a fair bit like amount uh, uh, before mm. it came, 
because we were sort of like you know working with uh, Cyanix basically at least I I was about like sorting of like which countries sort of go in which region mm-hmm. right? oh sure sure so, sure yep so just like figuring that out and uh, stuff like that so I, I knew I knew about it, but like we have to like keep it quiet, so yeah. it was a surprise for everyone. <laughs> so when you when you told your parents that mm-hmm. you were going to be doing this, I'm I'm mm-hmm. guessing that they saw that all of it was going to be worth it finally. Yeah, sort of. Uh, they like my mom is still like you know like uh, you don't have a security of sorts. <laughs> Mm. but but yeah uh like they were like okay okay it's finally like sort of paid out right yeah <laughs> so yeah they were pretty like uh, happy about it and they were like okay that that's good at least you're getting something back <laughs> yeah so is is rocket league and working with the region and all of that is that all you do now or are you still doing like something else uh so i'm doing my master's right now that's why i moved to uh sweden Oh, you're. Oh, that would explain why you're in Central, whatever mm-hmm. time zone, and not yeah even farther. So, okay, you know, it's sort of like it's a wonderful coincidence. I don't know, like I, I, I don't know what to call it. So, uh, it was. Uh, so I applied for the masters, uh, in Sweden in 2020, right? Okay. So, so I was supposed to start uh the autumn of 2020, right? But I could not because of the pandemic. Sure. So I sort of delayed it an year. So I was like, I was uh, set on coming to Sweden since 2020. And I was asked to be, you know, the the regional manager for APAC uh, in, uh, I would say, like July or August of 2021. Okay. Right. And back then, I didn't know, like, where it was all supposed to be from right uh because uh, uh we got like you know it was just like scientists asking me that uh do you want this like do you want to do this right because mm-hmm. uh initially it was I, I thought it was through Cyanix, right but uh they like they were partnering up with dreamhack which is based sure. in sweden <laughs> so it, it all came together yeah it just all came together and i was like this is really weird <laughs> because I was set, like I was set to go to Sweden since 2020, and uh, so I started like officially working uh, on it in September, and it was the same month that I was supposed to come to Sweden. So that's it crazy. Like, it's, it's it's so crazy. It's like what? I don't know. Like I, I still cannot put like wrap my head like head around it. Like how how like how it happened. It was just like, and then the first major was in Stockholm, the city I live in. So, <laughs> oh, so you didn't even have to travel for that. Exactly, I was like, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, it was like a bunch of crazy things just coming together. Like it was just like it was like uh, it was just meant to be, right? Sometimes the universe <laughs> just puts everything together for you. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, you've been working on this game without any pay, without any return, a game that you barely even play, it sounds like, and you just kept on mm-hmm. doing it, kept on doing it, kept on doing it. Then it turns into a job in a place that you happen to be going to <laughs> for something completely different, and then the first mm-hmm. major is exactly right. Man, that's just wild. Yeah, it, it, 
it, it was so weird for me. I like, so, uh, so I moved here on like 12th of September and the announcement of the RLCs was 15th of September. So it was like everything just so like, like so on point, like how, like I cannot, I, I don't think I'll have a, have such experience ever again. <laughs> of things it, it falling just, like, that well into place. Yeah. It, it was just crazy to be like, okay, this is like too like, you know, on point to be like, <laughs> I was kind of uncomfortable with that. Like this is like, <laughs> this is like really, really coming together. I don't know what to like, you know, expect from this. That's funny. <laughs> So you're you're working on your master's for computer science. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so I'm working uh, sort of like, you know, uh, it's it's a, like a mouthful. It's called, the, the program that I'm studying is called Strategic Information Systems Management. Okay. So it's sort of like IT, but like yep. a business part of it. Right. So it's, uh, yeah, so it's like IT plus business sort of thing. Got it. Well, this podcast is usually about playing Rocket League, and we've already been going for quite a while, so I don't want to just completely start over the show, but I I have to ask, because when I told you, when I initially sent you a message about being Mm -hmm. on the show, you were like, well, I'm complete garbage at the game, so I don't (laughs) think that I'm really a good fit, and Uh I still have to ask, like, where are you at? What's your Rocket League game like? I got to know. So right now I think I'm champ one in twos. So that's the only playlist that I've like done my placements in. I'm unranked in threes. I'm unranked in ones. So I think that will give you a good idea. Of where I mean, I am. champ one is still like what right now? Top ten percent? Top fifteen percent? Maybe? Like give yourself some credit. <laughs> that said, I've won a rocket league tournament and I made like. 200 pounds out of it so that was something <laughs> well there you you have made more from in rocket league winnings than i have than most uh, rocket league players have so come on and it, it was this weird i don't know if you know about like the sappa the coming yeah, sappa uh-huh. next Cole and stumpy so they used to host this thing called trlcs which is basically yeah. team rocket you know oh so, yeah yeah mm-hmm. okay so that's where my winning is from so what happened was basically I didn't sign up for it because back then I was in India, so I used to get shit ping on EU servers, which was the main you know server region for the tournament. But uh, they had someone dip out, like so. Basically, the the entire concept of this uh, tournament is basically you sign up individually and then they pair you according to your ranks. So for example, uh, you know one team will have an SSL, uh, like a low champ, low diamond, and then like you know. Like, so they try to balance out like every team. So they're like sort of like on a similar average MMR of sorts. Sure. If you'd like to say that. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so that happened. I didn't sign up for it, but uh, then someone dipped out one of the players from one of the teams and they were looking for a sub. And I was like, okay, I'm free. I have nothing good to do. I can sign up. So I signed up and my teammates were Gregan and uh, Brindle. So Gregan, the analyst for Rocket League right now. Oh, the, come on. Back then, he was the coach on Vitality. Yeah, that's so, like cheating. And <laughs> yeah, so he's yeah. he's like at least GC2 or GC3, right? Like, he's a good player. Uh, yeah. And, like, he was literally the uh, coach for the world champion team back then. Yeah. So, I, I basically got carried. <laughs> yeah. Hey, but that's all right. I mean, yep. <laughs> you got the dub either way. That's all that matters. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter how you got it. <laughs> 
So yeah, that that was fun. <laughs> yeah, I'd say I'd say so. That's funny. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so when you when you said that you weren't good at the game, I was I and then you mentioned earlier that you were like silver or gold at a time. I was thinking that you were still going to say that you're like gold <laughs> or platinum, but like champ one isn't that bad. I don't know. I like. I think the amount of years that I've been playing the game, I should be better. I yeah, would say, but then well, again, as I said, that I don't put that much hours into it, so I think mm-hmm. that's it. Right, right. So, how often do you play the game now? Uh, right. So, the thing with me is uh, that I cannot, you know, I haven't been sort of like you know diagnosed in a while, but I do think I have ADHD, mm-hmm. so I cannot play more than like uh, like three, four games of it. Sure, so it's like really in really short sessions, but yeah. Like, I don't know, like uh, thrice or like twice a week or something like that. Like okay. whenever I feel like I have nothing better to do, sure, I'll just hop on in a couple of games and that's it. <laughs> yeah. So it's not necessarily something where you can sit down and just knock out mm-hmm. some training packs for two or three hours. Yeah. Oh, I've never time. done t- training packs. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you any any time in free play at all. Ah, free play, yeah. Like, I'm just, like, you know, just doing weird shit, not, like, you know, doing a particular stuff. Yeah, not, like, trying to work on anything (laughs) Uh specific. Yep, yep. Okay. Well, considering you've never actually, like, tried to get better at the game, (laughs) uh, specifically by training or being in free play, I mean, Champ 1 is nothing to scoff at. I spent a a good amount of time in Champ 1. So it's uh, the most toxic rank, right? <laughs> I think they all have their ups and downs. Oh, I think yeah. there are, um, there are plenty of good people there, and there are plenty of people that don't understand why they're there. They're just confused. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, geez. So when when is the last time you played? Uh, last time I actually played just before we started this. <laughs> oh, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> what were like, what were some of the, what were some of the things that you feel like, what are some of the things that you feel like you struggle with the most in the game? I think since I play keyboard and mouse, I think the control is the main part of it, mm-hmm. you know? And I, like today was just a day where I wasn't getting like good hits or the, like the power on my hits. Yeah. Yeah. Also, it doesn't help that I change cars a lot. So, <laughs> yeah, like I mainly play Dominus. Uh, I don't know how you feel about that. <laughs> I feel okay. But yeah, yeah, okay. Because I like I have people who like really hate Dominus for some reason. <laughs> yeah, I I change my cars on a on a pretty reasonable consistency mm-hmm. as well. Oh, I, I'll change uh, like uh, like I don't know. Some days I change after every game. Oh wow, <laughs> you're really yeah, serious so. about it. Mm-hmm. So and I never choose octane. So this. <laughs> oh, so, so yeah. you're just a rebel. That's what it is. Uh, I think so. But like, uh, so the top of my cars, I would say, are like Dominus, Dominus GT, Nissan. Like basically, Dominus hit boxes, right? Yeah. You know where this is going, and I picked a Fennec, like uh, I don't know, a while ago, and that's been good, even though it's octane hitbox. I don't mm-hmm. know, uh, but yeah, like Fennec has been okay to play with and then when i like always get those new dlcs right i just want those to are all dominus they're perfect for you 
Yeah, so I like whenever like we get a new one, I just try to like just you know get mm-hmm. that and just hop in game and see how it feels. Sure. Yeah. So you said something about uh, that you struggle to get power on your shots. Do you feel like that's been more difficult for you because you're on keyboard and mouse? So how do you, you know, jump? Uh, what button do you push to jump? Uh, it's the right mouse click. Right mouse, and then is boost mm-hmm. left? Yeah. Okay. I think I think keyboard and mouse is such a bizarre way to play <laughs> Rocket League. I was actually we me and some friends were playing and a guy mm-hmm. in our game was complaining because he had just changed his keybinds on keyboard and mouse instead of using shift and then mm-hmm. the WASD to like uh turn in the air to air roll, he was trying to use Q and E to air roll. What do you so- use for your air roll? So I do have Q and E binded uh, on my air roll, but I use space. So my space is basically, you know, the uh, the drift, right? Okay. And the air, and the air roll because and air roll. you don't yeah because you don't need drifting while you're in air, right? Sure, yeah. Uh-huh. So so it just works fine. <laughs> so me. then and my shift is camera toggle, I think. Okay, what is what is the default for air roll? Uh, I think default is like shift. Okay. Because I think shift shift is power slide and uh, air air. I have no clue to be honest, but I, I like I've used space forever because space on the breaking just makes sense, right? Sure. <laughs> like from all the other games and stuff, so I just like switched it ages ago, and my shift is now on the camera. Which, like, That's fascinating. Camera yeah. So. I want to I want to get your take on this too. Mm-hmm. Do you pay attention to Elgato brands at all? Like the Elgato brand Stream Deck and all that nonsense, do you know do you pay attention uh, so, to them at all? Uh like I don't own one, but I I know about like Elgato and their products, okay. I guess. So mm-hmm. they just announced a few days ago and it's already sold mm-hmm. out and I'm really crabby about it cuz I should have just pulled the trigger when I had the chance, but they just announced a foot pedal that has okay. that has like three different buttons on it that you can bind to like specific keys if you wanted to. So and so I've I've actually been using a foot pedal for probably half a year, maybe more mm-hmm. when I play mm-hmm. Rocket League, but just to reset the shot when I'm in a training pack or I'm in free play. Okay, Be- yeah. Because all my other buttons are taken up by stuff. Like I use every I use every button on a controller. Uh, um, I use the uh, you know the thumb mouse buttons on the mouse. Oh sure, yeah. Yeah. So, oh, yeah, so you sense, use those when you're? Do you use those in game too, or just to like reset uh, your? So shot? that's that's uh, for resetting my shot and the rumble power up. <laughs> Oh, see, that's that's the nice thing about keyboard and mouse is just how many buttons you have at your disposal. I know people like controller people who have uh, a key binded on their keyboard, uh, and if they press it, they just get a uh, like a stall from the reset or something like that. That's wild. I because would not I want th- to take my hand off the controller. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know how they do it because uh, I the, uh, one of the pro players, Chaotic, uh, he has it uh, because he's he's also a freestyler. So oh, he okay. told me once that he has like his P or O, like bind in such a way that if you press it, that it just like because when you're stalling, you have to like press in both directions and like sort of you know right yeah cancel out each other. So I think he has like both his arrow left and right bound on one key. Oh, and sheesh. when he presses it and presses jump, it just stalls. 
I see. Yeah. So I, I would be curious to know, do you think that you could make like actual use of a foot as a keyboard and mouse player? Like, do you think there would be benefit to having something like that to give yourself like that one more thing that you could use Mm -hmm. to control or, or play the game? Uh, so right on, like right now I can think of, uh, maybe boost can work with that way. I think boost mm. can work that way. Right? Sure. Yeah. If you wanted it to, I mean, you could bind it to yeah. whatever key you wanted. So you could just bind your boost key to yeah. the foot pedal and then, you know, yeah. be able to go back and forth. Yep. I think boost would work well because it's sort of those like, you know, the motion of it, you know, mm. just like in your car. Right. Sort of. So I think that can work well. Yeah, I think it would take some getting used. To, I mean, any of Definitely. it would take getting used to, yeah. right? But I think yeah. I think it's almost like an uncharted territory for Rocket League that I think could become very valuable in the future because it is it's so intuitive, like driving a car or just you know the one to one control. If you get used to you know pushing down a pedal for something, it could it could act it could be a thing that I don't just joke about on a podcast Mm -hmm. whenever there comes to be a professional player in rlcs that is using his foot for something i'm going to say that it was my idea (laughs) yeah that'll be great like it'll be so fun to see as well doing like having the entire different setup or just you know a different thing yes like like back in the day when you know these players from OCE came with uh, playing on keyboard and mouse, everyone was like, "What? They're playing on keyboard and mouse?" Right. Right. So that was really fascinating back in the day. So uh, this will definitely be like really fascinating when it comes. As as somebody, what was it about keyboard and mouse? Why did you start playing on keyboard and mouse? Just because you played other games, or what caused you to go uh, that route? So uh, let's see. Uh, I've had access to like a computer since like uh, 2002 or 2003, right? Mm-hmm. We've had consoles like Nintendo and Xbox and stuff, but I have always been more into like, you know, the computers. Okay. So I think that was it. Uh, and back in the day, like you, like, I didn't have any access to, you know, like plugging my Xbox controller into the uh, keyboard or in the computer or something like that, because mm-hmm. they had like those... Uh, basically, like for a long time, I had those like Nintendo, uh, you know, uh, mm-hmm. DS and all. So those had like those weird pins, you know, nine pin connector and eight pin connector, whatever they called. So there was no way for me to plug that into a computer unless I uh, get like a sort of an adapter or something, which sure. I had to ask my dad to get me back in the day. Mm-hmm. So I sort of just like stuck to the computer. And yeah, I think that's why I was like, um, like, and then when I picked up like Rocket League, I wasn't playing like any console games. Okay. So uh, it just felt like, more natural I... to stick with mm-hmm. keyboard and mouse. Yeah. So I Fair didn't enough. have like a controller lying around. So I was like, why should I spend uh, this much money on a game that I'm barely gonna play? Yeah. And turns out <laughs> it became my job. <laughs> yeah. Start <laughs> off. Luckily, the game, but still. <laughs> luckily, not playing the game. Yeah. <laughs> thank god it's not that <laughs> <laughs> so when are you when are you going to be done with the masters so um uh it'll be like in 2023 so next uh basically uh next june i would say okay like, you know the 2020 june 2023 
do you mm-hmm. do you know or have you had enough forethought to consider if the Rocket League stuff is still going as it's going or has even grown? Do you think you will continue with Rocket League or do you think you will follow through with all your studies and, and try to do something with that? So uh, I think right now um, I'm probably going to pursue it if it continues to be like this, right? Uh, because uh, right now it's like sort of more like, you know, sort of part-time, right? Mm-hmm. It's not anything full-time. So if there's like a sort of full-time opportunity, I would definitely try to pursue it because I know I, I love working with it. and I love doing all those, you know, setting up brackets and all the nerdy stuff. <laughs> so if, if that becomes into like, you know, a proper job, then I can see myself doing this. Why not? Sure. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I hope that it, I mean, if that job continues to grow for you, that just means that the game is growing, which is good for all yeah. of us. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, I'm glad that we were able to chat a little bit about your game. And I'm glad that I didn't shy away from it because I think you <laughs> aren't giving yourself enough credit. Yeah, it, it was great. Uh, I don't know. Like, I, I still feel like I'm I'm bad at the game. Yeah, let's, <laughs> let's be honest. <laughs> okay. I mean... <laughs> Compared to some, yes. Compared to most, no, not at all. Compared to most of my friends, I'm bad. There you <laughs> Let's go. Just put it that way. Well, yeah, but you also <laughs> deal with professional Rocket League players all the time. So if you consider yourself friends with Sandrock Gaming, like, yeah, you're you're bad. So is ninety nine point nine percent of the world. There, there's uh, what one team that is not as good as them or better than them right now. <laughs> Yeah, no, even like even like coming down from that, uh, I have like a bunch of friends who like who also work in esports, right? Uh, like uh, you might know uh, Luke Cash from Wikipedia. Oh, sure, sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, then there's your uh, the Mena regional manager, not Blonde Monkey. He's also like a really good friend. Shout out to him. So like and the other like uh, the these like a bunch of casters that like in my like a really close friend circle mm-hmm. they're all like much much better than me so all right. that, that's why I, i'm like i'm still shit <laughs> all right well i mean you seem pretty committed to it so i'll just i'll let you uh-huh. have it <laughs> well uh i think i will go ahead and start winding down the show we don't want to end the show with you just telling everybody that you're garbage at <laughs> the game so like always uh this is your chance any any final thoughts for the Infinite Boost listeners? Uh, just like excited to see uh, where Rocket League Esports goes, right? And I hope you guys are also excited about that. I know it's like we sort of did it a bit different from other Infinite Boost podcast episodes. Like <laughs> we didn't really talk much about the game. So I don't know how like... Maybe like a lot of you are just not listening at this point, <laughs> but but yeah, if you stuck around, then I think you also like esports and yeah, just uh, and if you have like any sort of ideas about anything esports related, and if you just want to have someone to listen to them, you can always check them my way, and I can see what can be done. Like there's already like a lot of forums, you know, Reddit and all, but it's always good to like hear from people like. Hey, uh, like we would like to see this in our esports, and uh, that's always fun to do. Yeah, and I have a very reasonable audience, so I feel like if mm-hmm. you did get anything, it wouldn't just be like something ridiculous <laughs> and out of this world. So yeah, yeah, hit him up, 
And speaking of doing that, where can people mm-hmm. find you on the internet? So I'm normally most active on Twitter. You can reach uh, on Twitter. It's like Nish Chahar, which is N-I-S-H and C-H-A-H-A-R. So you can just find me there. You can hit me up. My DMs like are always open. So if you just want to talk about esports, I'm I'm happy to talk to you about esports. Nice. And especially Rocket League esports. Yes. <laughs> and I will I will be sure to put all of that down in the show notes as well. So you'll be able to uh, find it there. And last but not least, um, I always let all of my guests ask a question to the audience. So I know it was a little bit untraditional, but here's your chance to maybe get some feedback on something specific if anybody were to send you a message. Uh, interesting. Let's let's go esports again because yeah, that's, that's all I know. <laughs> <laughs> so like, what do you guys think when will Sandrock probably win a major or even a world championship? Like, in maybe next major, maybe like in two years or what? Like, or maybe some other team that is from a minor region that is, because as of now, we just have NA and EU winners, right? So, mm-hmm. not just Sandrock, but maybe Furia from Sam or Renegades from OCE. So, let me know. I mean, I feel like they have a chance now, right? Uh, I, I think it'll take a while because, uh, you know, the teams like, uh, even BDS lost last regional, but yeah, the BDS energies, they're like good, but like having these like consistent majors, you know, where people mm-hmm. get to play each other, especially from those minor regions, uh, the improvement will be like exponential. Yeah. So I'm yeah, really looking forward to it. And it'll be like a great day when that does happen. Yes. I, I look forward to it. It'll, it'll, it'll be really good. And Certainly, it will help even bring more people to the game, which I think is yeah a, a great thing. Like, uh, Sandra Gaming's, you know, just like dominating everything has brought so many people from like only Saudi Arabia. So it's, it's just crazy when that happens. Cool. Well, uh, I'm glad that we actually uh, made this work. I'm glad that you decided or reconsidered my proposal to come on the show and i'm i'm glad that you went through with it it was a it was a fun conversation to have um so good luck with the rest of the season good luck with your studies uh and as always nish thank you for the boost ah thank you for inviting me it was fun <laughs>